0: Welcome to Just Quietly, a podcast where Senator Amanda Stoker has a laugh with friends and colleagues, cuts through the bull and explores the issues of the day. Let's get
1: to the bottom of it all.
0: Hello and welcome to Just Quietly. I'm Amanda Stoker, I'm a Senator for Queensland and I am here with my friend and colleague Phil Thompson. He's a member for Herbert. He is, um, in my humble opinion, uh, a total superstar and uh, among Townsville's finest and I am very glad that you're here. thank Thank you very
1: much for saving some time for me. Oh no, no, thank you for having me. This is great. I'm very happy to be here.
0: One of the great things about the new cohort of um, MPs is that there's some really great stories. But uh, it's a it's a tight one, but yours is right up there um, with among, I think, the most interesting paths that led you here. Ten years ago, would you have guessed that you would be the member for Herbert working in Canberra in this crazy building?
1: No, Ten years ago, I was recovering from getting blown up in Afghanistan. I didn't think I'd be anything to do with with. Uh, politics or politicians, to be honest. I didn't have a, a great feeling about politicians or, you know, being in defence. So no, I didn't expect to be sitting here. All right. So how'd you get here? Um, well, in 2009, uh, I was in Afghanistan. I'm, I was a, uh, I'm a former soldier from the 1st Battalion, yep. uh, which is an infantry battalion. And uh, we deployed uh, overseas to Afghanistan. And, uh, How long in, were you there? In October. I was there for six months. Yep. Um, so I had, in July, I had... Um, uh, a good friend of mine killed in action, Ben Renato, mm. um, and uh, another good friend of mine, Paul Warren, who lost his leg. Um, and then a little bit later down the track in October, uh, I was blown up by an IED. And from that um, incident, uh, I got a, a mild traumatic brain injury. I can't hear in my right ear, blew my eardrum, uh, and I was diagnosed with a mental illness. And then I was on a roller coaster for a couple of years of not knowing who I am, not knowing where I belonged. Not knowing my family anymore because when you're in defence, that's your tribe, right, and that's your family. Mm. You, you, you're tight, and then when you get told you're broken and you're out, you lose your tribe, you lose your identity, you lose your family, and so I, I felt it a bit hard, and I didn't really know where I fit in the world. I didn't know who I really was, and it kind of you know that that roller coaster, and um, my girlfriend now wife, you know, really pulled me out of the black hole put me in front of the mirror and gave me the whole, who are you now? And Mm. it's sombering and heartbreaking at the the time to think back at the the bad place I was in. Um, And I I, kind of buried with friends who have died overseas, but buried friends from suicide. And suicide was um, creeping more and more uh, with my mates. And I had this thought and want to do something more. And it's kind of like why I got in the army. I'm from a low socioeconomic background, left school very young, was a concreter, put myself through night school, Get into the defense because I wanted to do something more, not you, yeah. know, you know what I mean, and yeah, something meaningful, yeah, yeah, meaningful, right? And then when I was injured, um, I wanted that meaning again. I didn't have meaning in my life, I had my, my, my girlfriend, but you know, you, you long for something, so I, I started devoting a lot of my time into mental illness and suicide prevention, talking about my story, but also knowing that I'm not a clinician, so I don't counsel people. You know, it was about telling people where they can get help or what they can do. Not telling people what they should and shouldn't do, and it's a hard line, I reckon oh it is, but who am I to tell someone what they they yeah. you know whether to take medications, not take medications, whether they drink too much or don't drink too much like who am I, I don't know <laughs> um you couldn't you know I like, couldn't give them advice on nah, that nah, nah, <laughs> I nah. couldn't
0: give anyone advice on that,
1: and especially because I went down that rabbit hole, yeah. it's more about letting people know that there is help and and when I dedicated myself um you know and, and this is more of a uh, a first on uh, that I've kind of spoken about this bit. I actually tried to work with the, the, my predecessor, the Labor member, not because we were politically aligned. We're so far apart, like miles apart. Um, but I saw a town that was going backwards. I saw people couldn't have a job or didn't have jobs. I saw marriage breakdowns and people that were unwell and people that were, were literally moving away and dying uh, from suicide because they moved away from their tribe and their family. And she fobbed me off. She pushed me away. Uh, didn't want me to go anywhere near it. Gave me Ouch. the whole, you know. What would you know? Um, yeah. So I, uh, I, I came up with the, you know, the thought of, well, if you are going to push us away, maybe we'll take it from you. And my, I, 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 I don't care who people vote for. Like it's up to the individual. I, I, I I'd like people to vote for me, but I don't. Uh, I never asked. I've never asked anyone to vote for me. I really don't. It, it's not a big thing on my radar because I think it's about. I'll tell people who I am, and what I stand for, and what I'll do, and my beliefs. Yeah. And if you want to come on the journey, we'll go on it together, and we'll do things. And it's also, you know, I've got been diagnosed with mental illness. I've got a mild brain injury and no hearing. I'm classed as someone who has a disability.
0: Man, you're more together than most <laughs> people in this place. <laughs> but if I can sit here and be a part of
1: change and debate and governing and bringing our voice to Parliament, then anyone can. We need a. Uh, 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 you know, a variety of different people from different backgrounds. Totally.
0: Yeah. You've already had a pretty big impact on this place and I love the way the PM listens to you on anything to do with um, the needs of veterans and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wonderful that mental health is being thought of more than ever before. Yeah. One of the things that um, General Stanley McChrystal mm-hmm. uh, from the US has often said about mental health in the context of Military is that when somebody joins, there's a process of mentally making them part of the tribe. Yep. You know, everyone gets the same haircut, so you're part of the tribe. You wear the same gear, so you're part of the same tribe. And you go through the same sort of, um, I guess, drills and routines and processes. And it's part of solidifying you into a team that's got each other's back. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's a hard thing to undo when somebody leaves. What do we do to help somebody um, cope with the process of no longer being a part of that culture? And in a sense, if not being on their own, then being in a a smaller group, a family or just a little group of friends.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm a big believer in there's a time for your war face and there's a time for you to be the humble warrior. Show me the war face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> but For those listening,
0: he's smiling. I don't think that's his <laughs> war face. <laughs> this isn't my war face. Um, but well, it could be.
1: They, but the the thing that we, we do very well is we uh, – people join. And there's two paths. You join. You join as an officer or you join as an enlisted soldier. I was an enlisted soldier. Um, and you, you go through training. That breaks you down and builds you up. Mm. So you've been built up to uh, – Understand when, and this whole vision and, and view of, oh, you get an order and this is what you do, it's not a thing, right? So, all the bosses that I've worked for, anyone that I've worked with, we've always spoken about what we're doing because we bring everyone along on our journey on on what we're doing. Because if I say we're taking that koala, which is a uh, a building overseas in Afghanistan, if we're taking that and we're, or we're going in and people are, are going to put their lives on the line and be the first person to enter, which is a dangerous position to be in, you're not going to yell at someone and say, you will do that. It's not how it works. (laughs) Um, But when you get built up, we train people to to be ready for defence, to be ready for war. But when you get injured or you're leaving, we don't train you how to be ready for civilian life.
0: Yeah, because there's got to be a process of kind of decompression. Yeah,
1: yeah. That. So you decom you, you're supposed to decompress overseas, and then you decompress from defence when you get out. But that doesn't really happen, it, and not it, it's changing. We're making it better, but we can always do more. And um, I, I've been very fortunate enough to to be able to talk directly to Darren Chester, the Minister for Veterans Affairs and Defence Personnel, as well as the PM. So if if I call the PM, the PM will answer, and we'll talk about it. It's Same good that day. way. Yeah, isn't he's it? great, yeah. and he'll listen. And I never – its whilst I'm uh, one of the the members, I'll look at people who uh, are still serving or former serving to speak to the PM or to speak to the minister because it needs to be our collective voice, not just one silo voice. And I think we need to do better in the transition space because when you're in tribe, family, the units around you, when you're out, alone, dark, scary, Mm. and it doesn't need to be. And I think when we transition people well, when they get out, they fall back into a different tribe, which is the veteran tribe. And whilst we eat each other and, and throw barbs at each other, we still look out for each other.
0: Okay, that's good. So what's in your sights next?
1: Oh, that's a, it, it's a difficult one, right? But so, so Herbert being the, the largest garrison in the country and the largest you know, veteran per capita in the country, uh, there are more people. So yeah. th- not everyone's a veteran. Um, sure, I've been very lucky to work with um, da- both Darren and the PM uh, to come up with the the rolling um, commission. Mm. Uh, for so veterans. tell people about that if they don't know yep. about it already. Yep, and th- it's a lot of myth busting, right? So um, this rolling commission has royal commission powers. So they'll have a commissioner with a team with royal commission powers. They'll report into the AG, um, and the commissioner will have a, a direct line to the PM. And we need to know that royal commissions fall in the AG's area. So it, when people say it's not independent because it reports in or falls into the AG... It's so just the, how
0: Royal Commissions it's work. It's
1: exactly how they yeah. all work. Otherwise
0: it's not a Royal Commission.
1: Exactly. Um, and, and they'll have the same powers of Royal Commissions as in if they need to compel someone to testify, they can. If they need to get evidence, um, speak with anyone, they can. And they're separate from Defence and DVA because sometimes they may need to go into both compel... Uh, both sides of the fence uh, to to give evidence and they'll look at all the suicides from 2001 onwards and they'll investigate uh, prior to the suicide, the suicide and post-suicide and then the the, the plan is working with the family advocate to come up with actual solutions and where the touch points where people have gone unwell and who have died and to see where the patterns are so we can come up with proper programs and solutions so people don't die. Because I can tell you now, bearing one mate is bad, bearing eight is worse. And these these people are, are brothers. These are people that are in my yeah. um, groom's party at weddings. They're the people that, you know, I speak to them like they're family. And my, my heart goes out to, to every mother, father, spouse and children who have lost a loved one and because it's a hole that can never be filled. So we need to be doing more. And the reason it's better than a, a rolling a Royal Commission, just in a standalone, is because a Royal Commission will take 18 months, get one report, and then that's it. A rolling commission will be ongoing forever with reporting to government, so keeping government to account, having a family advocate that keeps, um, you know, getting the info from the family and people, and veterans, and people that have attempted suicide. So we're continually um, making... Uh, solu- or coming up with solutions from the, the person's perspective that has been affected not that, that whole saying of don't tell me um, you know show me or don't ask people don't tell people what they want ask them what they need is exactly what this is A real commission only gets lawyers rich and they come up with one report and then that's it there's a suicide two days later that Royal commission isn't looking into it but this rolling commission will look into it because suicides are an epidemic they're plaguing the veteran community. And we must do better. and We must be together on this.
0: There's a disproportionate number of veterans in the homeless community. Yes. Um, why do you think that is and what can we do about it?
1: So th- there's two points to this. Uh, so I know some uh, people that are, are homeless that live in towns that are veterans that do it by choice and the are homeless veterans that don't do it by choice. Now, the ones that do it by choice, is more it, they more live rough, um, and, and when I've spoken to them, they're not looking for help yet. They may. They may look for help, but uh, the, the people that are homeless, that are veterans, have done, done it tough, don't know where to turn. There's emergency accommodation all throughout Australia that you can get um, through DVA or Open Arms. There's uh, emergency payments that can be activated straight away where you can get funds to help. And there's places I know in Townsville. There's a place called Zach's Place that takes uh, homeless or people living rough veterans um, and, and brings them in, and then helps them set up a plan to to get a place. I, I think it's just like the homeless community, uh, the homeless kind of throughout the country. Um, community, it's a terrible word, and it's got that's how it got described to me the other day. Uh, but people that are homeless, you know. We, we, we need to be doing more whether there's services that link in because you don't want to have a silo service that's just, I will just find homes. It needs to link into how did how did people get there? How did we get there? And what do we need to to, to learn to know that doesn't happen? And I'll tell you how it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen by politicians sitting in Canberra saying, mm-hmm. we have all the ideas. It's about insourcing knowledge from people that have been homeless or are homeless and asking, what do you need? And wrapping that service around. It's the same in the veteran community.
0: It's one of the things that uh, a group called Walking Wounded that I was talking with recently does. They sort of wrap a whole lot of services yeah. around um, vets who find themselves in homelessness, and um, it's pretty important work. It's a real labour of love for the people <laughs> involved.
1: It is, and, and the people that are in the, the veteran space or the ex service organisations like Walking Wounded, and, and you know there's, there's a, so many throughout there are, the country. Yeah. Um, which is great. It which, shows which people good, really do care. Which is good. And majority do it from a pure heart. Yeah. And if you, you don't get rich working in an ex-service organisation or working in a veteran organisation, um, you, you do it because your heart is pure and you want to help. The The thing that we in the veteran community need to do is come together because what we do sometimes is we fight each other. And you've you got a, a bunch of uh, people that used to be serving now out who, you know, I've still got the fight still in them. They want to a apply a fight. it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know. I'm just remembering what I was like before before I got into politics, and you, you see things and you shoot quickly and you shoot at the target that's in front of you. Uh, and and I, I'd like to see all of us work together. And It's like it's it's similar to there's politics in everything, but similar to politics, we don't all have to agree on 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 everything, but we need to work together within what the scope is to make sure that we're doing the best thing for the people that need the help or are unwell.
0: Yeah, it's good. The way you approach things, I think, is really healthy and I'm sure that anybody who labours under the misapprehension that all politicians are,
1: you know, bad and in it for themselves will hear you and instantly change their mind. <laughs> I, I have can, no doubt. I can tell and like yourself and, and other people here that you can tell when you're with someone if they're in it for themselves or they're not. Yeah, I agree. You can you can see it in their eyes, you can see how they speak, you can see if they're the same with a bunch of people where there's no cameras around to when there's cameras around. And if they're the same, then you know that that's who you want. You want people with a pure heart who, who, who talk from the heart and, and not be swayed by if one group's pulling them one way or one group's pulling them another, they, they stand with their convictions and they stand with what they, they told the people who voted them in. And uh, I see that in this place and I see it with certain people. Um, not everyone has that. And, it's something that needs to change because, you know, I want to look around and and, and see role models for my daughter. Yeah. I, I, I want to see – it doesn't matter what colour shirt you wear. I want to see a role model on any side. But I want the person to be pure and understand that we don't always have to agree to get the outcome, but we should work together because it's for the Australian people. Yeah, it's really not about us. Not about us, right? Yeah, yeah. Politicians patting themselves on the back. <laughs> man, that, I've had enough of that. <laughs> I hate... You know when people stand up and have only been oh. here, <laughs> And they stand up there they're like, I've done this. No, the people have done it. You're just here being their voice.
0: Well, that's why you're going to do great things here. <laughs> I have absolutely no doubt. It's been so nice to have you here as a friend and a colleague. And I hope you're around for a very long time. But um, in the event that both of us um, are short-lived in this thing called politics, and, and who knows, it's all very uncertain... Um, you can fall back on your concreting. <laughs> that
1: was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I can fall back on um, an ambition my family had for me and that was to be a concrete truck driver. <laughs> um, we can work together. My, my mum used to say, if you don't stop stressing out about that studying, stop that studying. You've got to stop that. We're going to make you drive a concrete truck.
1: Um, <laughs> Our mothers were opposite. My mum was like, can you please worry about that studying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I was
0: ultimate nerd. Um, and <laughs> And so I think we might have, you know, a nice little Thompson and Stokers concreting business um, like this. for this post-politics life. This I, is good. I'm this just seeding good. the idea. You've heard this here
1: first, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> if you support this. <laughs>
0: That's great. Queensland concreting jobs, yeah, yeah. Can't bring them I'm our way. Um, <laughs> Before I let you go, mm. because I know you've got a million and one important things to do and I um, value very much the time that you save for me um, and, of course, my lovely listeners, Hopefully there's like more than three. <laughs> I have to ask you an important question, yes. and it's music related. Now, I hear on good authority, yes, you, um, that you are very much into Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. Um, which is good, because I went through a bit of a Red Hot Chili Peppers phase in my, I don't know, high school years, I reckon. <laughs> and there's some remnants of it that have stayed with me. So what is your favourite Red Hot
1: Chili pepper song? Scar Tissue. Why? It probably wasn't my favourite growing up. It's probably my favourite now when you hear the lyrics and you can kind of relate it to your life. And I, I think that, you know, it, to me it, it talks about growth and post-traumatic growth and, you know, that scar tissue, you know, that I wish you saw kind of thing. It, it, uh, that, those words mean to me that, you know, we've all, we've all fallen over. We've all got grazes and scars. But it's how you bounce back like that rubber band better than where you, where you fell.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So mine would probably be Under the Bridge just because it was their first big song and the sound was just so different to anything I'd heard at that point. I I heard
1: a rumour that you're a really good singer.
0: (laughs) You heard wrong. But I do love karaoke and it's a bit of a problem. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But um, I guess that brings me to something that, I did last week, which was to catch up with the Beyond the Broncos team at at Woodridge High School when they had together a whole bunch of Indigenous girls yeah. and their ambition was to, you know, help them really aim high. Yeah, um, And I went into a room full of girls. I don't know what I really expected, but um, every one of those girls you could see had kind of scar tissue of yeah. their own in one way or another. And um, I... I'm a reformed or reforming perfectionist kind of A-type person. Yep. And I walked in and went, "Oh sugar, I've got to review this speech plan. This this is no good." <laughs> and what I ended up rolling with was there's really only two things you got to know. Mm-hmm. And one is life is won by the people who show up and try. And that every day is a fresh start. And every day you get another chance to try and show up.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's it. Right? And it doesn't really matter what your scar tissue is or where you come from or what you're battling through at home. Show up, try. There's people who want to help you. There's always people who want to help you. And every day you get a chance to try again. Um,
1: that would have been received. Well, that's a really good That's a really good kind of sentiment of, of how people should view the world, you know what I mean?
0: Well, I don't know. Keep it simple, hey? Don't or it over- works in progress. Don't, <laughs> don't overcomplicate <laughs> things, right? <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much. Um, we will bond over Red Hot Chili Peppers again sometime <laughs> soon, and um, I really appreciate the time you saved to have a chat on just quietly.
1: Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for having me.
0: Hey, you're a good mate to have around. See ya.